Good morning, Unionville Alliance Church, and good morning to those that are watching online or for those that are watching during the week as well. We are starting into our new series on discipleship today. And thank you for those that took time to write on the back wall about what is a disciple and various definitions. And I was thankful just to be able to read uh, a number of different definitions that were so encouraging to see what you are thinking about when it comes to uh, discipleship. And uh, as we uh, come into our uh, this series on discipleship, we've put out a new discipleship pathway that's that logo at the back, and I'm going to show it up here in the front as well. And uh, thanks to Pastor Leonor as well that did a lot of research and helping us put something together that was simple, hopefully, to understand, but also powerful for us to be able to do. And if there's three words that I want you to take away from this whole series, it's going to be this. Be, grow, and make. Can you say that together? Be, grow, and make. That's it. That's the next four weeks. Okay? Be, grow, and make. That's, that's what we're looking at in discipleship. So as you see uh, this discipleship pathway that we've put together, the first part is be a disciple, then grow as a disciple, and then make disciples. So be, grow, and make. And so this, uh, today we're going to be talking about being a disciple. Next Sunday, we're going to be talking about growing as a disciple. The following Sunday, uh, we're going to talk about making disciples. And the Sunday after that, we're going to talk about a community of disciple makers. The reason that we made this a circle and not a linear pathway is that discipleship is never linear. Discipleship is something, uh, the journey of discipleship, the journey of our walk with the Lord is something that is continuous. And sometimes we have to revisit things over and over again. And I want to ask you as what I'm actually doing for these next four weeks is I'm trying to reset my life in, as a disciple of Jesus. So I'm going to be preaching to you, but you're going to be hearing just basically what I'm trying to process as well for my own life. Um, uh, so you can just listen in as I'm thinking about what does it really mean to be a disciple? There's so many things that I need to sort of reset and redo. I want to be a disciple. I want to grow as a disciple and I want to make disciples and all within a community of disciple makers. And so the reason that it's a circle, two things. Number one is that being a disciple growing as a disciple and making disciples all happens within community. God has not called us to walk this pathway alone, but God has called us to be in community. When Jesus called the disciples to follow him, he didn't call just one disciple. He called a group of people to follow him and he wanted them to travel together, to journey together. It's one of the reasons why we're launching new life groups today. And a number of you, I think we had 70 plus people sign up uh, to join a life group today. And so we're excited that you are doing community together, following Jesus together, being a group of disciples together, because to be a disciple is not something that's done individually. To grow as a disciple is not something that's done individually. To make disciples is not something that's done individually. It's done within a community. And so this circle represents this community that we're a part of. There's a, a connection point that's there. The circle also represents that this is happening continuously as well. Sometimes we could be at one part and then we move to the other and then we need to be like, oh, I need to go back to this other, other part. Maybe you might be in this section of just being a disciple or maybe you might be in the other section of growing as a disciple. Maybe you're in this other section of making disciples. Maybe you're in the section of making disciples and a trial comes and something happens to you and you see something come out of your heart. You see something come out of your life and you're like, where did that come from? And maybe you have to go back to being a disciple or going back to growing, growing as a disciple to reset and come back to the first things because you've seen things that are in your heart. And so there, it's a continuous thing that happens in our discipleship journey. And so we might actually be at all three parts at the same time. We might be in one specific part more than the others, 
But all of these things are critical and essential to be able to grow as a disciple, to be a disciple, and to, and to make disciples. Uh, this, in, in the summer, we, uh, with a group of people, we were studying the Sabbath. And we did it in a very practical way where we studied it together but tried to live it out as well. And as the group started together, I asked each person, why did you decide to join uh, the Sabbath practice group? And one couple told me that they decided to join because they found that their spiritual disciplines and spiritual practices happen better in community. Anyone else like that? That left on our own, sometimes we don't tend to do things that we're supposed to. But when we do it in community, there's a power that's there that helps us to practice what Jesus is calling us to do. And that's what our hope is as well. And this, uh, this Tuesday, we're starting the prayer practice. I want to encourage you to register. You can do so on our website if you want to just deepen your life of prayer as well. But all of these things, being a disciple, growing as a disciple, and making disciples, they happen in community. And that's why there's, there's a circle that's there. As we were studying and as we were reflecting on, on these three things, and as I was studying about being a, a disciple, reading some of the things on the back wall and studying some different things, I found something that I was like, wow, this is very similar to what we've already put in. It was such an affirmation. And it comes from Bridgetown Church in Portland, Oregon. And they used a, a slightly different terminology, but really lines up with what we had already laid out. And so I want to give that to you as well, because you might understand it in this terminology a little bit better. And so the first thing is to be a disciple is to be with Jesus, okay? To be a disciple is to be with Jesus. To grow as a disciple is to become like Jesus. And the final thing, to make disciples is to do what Jesus did, right? So can you, can we, uh, can you join me with this? And let's say this again. To be a, let's say it together, okay? To be a disciple is to be with Jesus, Okay, to grow as a disciple is to become like Jesus and to make disciples is to do what Jesus did. I found that their terminology that they use, it's, it's, it outlines similar to what we had already laid out. But maybe in some of those words, it might be a little bit simpler for you to be able to say we want to be with Jesus. We want to become like him and we want to do what he did. Right? So if I put all those things together, here's my, uh, uh, my definition of a disciple. Okay? There's lots of great definitions on the back wall, and I encourage you to go and read those definitions as well. But here's my definition of what I'm going to use uh, for, for our time together. A disciple of Jesus is someone who spends time with him, that's being with Jesus, becomes like him, becoming like him, and does what he does. Okay, and these are the three things that we're going to focus on that happen within a community of faith, because God calls us not on a solar journey, but to walk together in a community of faith. The Western, Western individualistic mindset that we're all bombarded with that, uh, that highlights the, the idealism of the individual autonomy and, and seek for you, you and yourself, and the greatest, that's the greatest thing, is totally against what we see in Scripture where God wants us to journey together in community, in love and support for one another, in praying together, in being vulnerable with one another, in supporting one another, in, in, in helping one another in the practical and spiritual things of life. Now, you can take this definition, and I'm going to give you another definition that's maybe even a little bit shorter, and it's this. A disciple is an apprentice of Jesus. Maybe that word is maybe something that's a little bit more relatable to you as well. Sometimes you can think of disciple and you think, well, that's a very spiritual word, 
right? But maybe this word apprentice is a little bit easier to understand because a disciple is an apprentice of Jesus. What is an apprentice? If you were an apprentice of, an, of, a, of say, an electrician, say if there was a master electrician who had been working for many, many years and you wanted to be an electrician and you wanted to study underneath him. And so as an apprentice, what would you do? What's the first thing you would do? You would be with him, right? There's no way you're going to learn if you're not with him, right? Nowadays in our, in our universities and everything, they have a lot of head knowledge, study all of this, but then you have like these co-op programs that seek to give you real world understanding and practical application. And the, uh, the trades are, are known to have apprentices, which is something that's really good. I learned, in a very, uh, learned pastoral ministry in an apprenticeship style that helped me to be able to go out and preach in different places and learn pastoral ministry and learn what it is to minister in a congregation. And so in an apprenticeship style, if you're a, a, an electrician that wants to learn from a master electrician, then you have to first be with him. And then what do you want to do? You want to? Become like him. And then what do you want to do? Do what he did. Right? So maybe this idea of apprentice is a little bit easier to understand. Let's desire, as a community of faith, let's desire to be apprentices of Jesus. Let's seek to be apprentices of Jesus. I'm taking this month of October to, to reset I'm taking this month of October because I see in my own life so many ways in which I failed to be a disciple, to grow as a disciple, and to make a disciple. And my prayer to Jesus is, Jesus, can you help me to be your apprentice? Jesus, can you help me to apprentice with you? Because if we can apprentice with Jesus, then we can be a disciple, we can grow as a disciple, and we can make disciples. If we can apprentice with Jesus, we can be with him, we can become like him, and we can do what he did. That's the essence of discipleship. There was a time when, when Jesus was walking uh, this earth and John the Baptist, who was his forerunner, had a number of disciples. And when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he told his disciples, look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so some of the disciples of John came to Jesus and started talking to Jesus and wondering, where do you live? What do you do? And Jesus' invitation to those disciples was simply this, come and see that's Jesus' invitation to us right now. Maybe you're here and you're not a disciple of Jesus. You're not a follower of Jesus. You don't, uh, you don't hold on to Christian faith and doctrine and teaching. And that's great. Uh, we're so glad that you're here if you're in that, in that place because you can learn what it is to be a disciple of Jesus through this series. And we would love to be able to journey with you uh, to that end. But when Jesus, came, when Jesus came in this world, his invitation was, come and see Come and see where I live. Come and see what I do. Come and see how, what I eat. Come and see what I drink. Come and see what I teach. Come and see how I live my life. Come and see my character. Come and see all of these things. And this is the invitation that God gives to us as well as disciples of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, as apprentices of Jesus. The invitation to us is come and see. Come. Come and see what Jesus is all about. Come and see what he does. In Mark chapter 3, when there was a certain number of disciples, there were a bunch of disciples that were following Jesus, a bunch of apprentices that were following Jesus. And out of those apprentices that were following Jesus, he called 12 of them to himself. And he, it says here in Mark, he appointed 12 that they might be what? With him. 
That was the first thing. He didn't appoint them to go and do miracles. He didn't appoint them to go and preach. He didn't appoint them to go and do this thing and that thing. The preaching came second in this verse. The first thing was he appointed the 12 that they might be with him, to be with Jesus. To be with Jesus is so critical. Friends, can I encourage you today? This is the most important thing that we can do. If you call yourself a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, an apprentice of Jesus, the most important thing that you can do is be with Jesus. Be with Jesus. That is so important in our spiritual journey. In uh, John chapter 17, when this was this prayer that Jesus was praying um, to the Father, and he says, and this is the way to have eternal life. This is, this is what's so important. This is what's necessary. We, we, can, we can work for so many things in this world, and we can try to seek after uh, great fame and fortune in this world, but he says here, the way to have eternal life is this, to know the only true God and Jesus Christ, to know Jesus, to be with him. This is eternal life. This is what we need to understand. This is what we need to do. Friends, can I encourage you today? As we're in this first thing, the, the first part, be disciples, uh, make, uh, grow as disciples, make disciples. Be, grow, make. Be with Jesus, become like, Je- become like him, do what he did. We're focusing on the first one right now. Be with Jesus. That's the first step in being an apprentice of Jesus. That's the first step in following Jesus is to be with him. So now you're going to ask me, but Daniel, Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. How am I supposed to be with Jesus today? How am I supposed to be with Jesus right now? Because it was easy for the disciples. They just hung out with him. They were apprentices of him and they were with him. But how can I today, in a very practical way, be with Jesus? I'm going to give you four things that you can do to be with Jesus today. Number one. To be with Jesus is to spend time in his word because Jesus is the word of God. It's so important for us to spend time in the word of God, spend time in the scriptures because the scriptures speak and teach about the word of God. In John chapter one and verse one, it says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with, was with God and the word was God. This is speaking about Jesus. He was the word of God. He is the word of God. And so as we read the scriptures, as we read our Bibles, as we read the Old Testament and the New Testament, as we read what God has given to us, we understand and know who Jesus is. We see the beauty of Jesus in the Old Testament scriptures. We see the realization and the fulfillment of the beauty of Jesus in the New Testament scriptures. We have to immerse ourselves in the word of God, to read the word of God, study the word of God, meditate on the word of God, memorize the word of God. All of these things are important. If we want to be with Jesus, if we want to apprentice with him, then it means that we are going to spend time in his word. If we go days and weeks and months without the word of God, how are we to apprentice with Jesus? How are we to be his followers if we neglect his word? In John uh, 1 and verse uh, 4, it says, the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. His word brings life to us. His word brings life 
to us. There was a time when the, the Pharisees and the, and, the, and, the, and the Sadducees, the religious people of the day, were coming to Jesus, and they were asking him so many questions. And Jesus said this to them in uh, John chapter 5. He told them, he said, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. You guys are, are students of the word because you think they give you eternal life. But actually, the real purpose, the goal, the aim, the purpose of the scriptures is actually to point to Jesus. When Jesus said this, there was was no New Testament scriptures. When Jesus said this, there was only the Old Testament scriptures. And when Jesus said this, he said, but the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures point to me. You, yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. In the word of God, there is life. Jesus came to give life and life in all of its abundance. And it's found in the word of God. If we are to apprentice with Jesus, it is to dive into the word of God, to dig into the word of God, to study the word of God, to eat the word of God, to enjoy the word of God, to meditate on the word of God, to memorize the word of God. It is so important in our lives. Here in Psalm, it's a, it's a beautiful uh, Psalm. The first Psalm, it says, but they delight in the law of the Lord or in the word of God, meditating on it day and night. They are like, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. Friends, as we meditate on the word of God day and night, let it come into us. I look back at my life and I see a time when I was in high school, I would get up early in the morning and read the word of God before uh, I went to, uh, went to school. When I came back, I would read another portion of scripture and then I would, before I would do my homework and then after my homework, I would read some more of the scripture. I delighted in the word of God. I need to, I'm looking for God to do something new in my life and reset my love and desire for God's word. Will you join me in that journey through this series of discipleship to say, I want to be a completely sold out apprentice of Jesus, delighting in his word. The second thing that I want to encourage you to do is to spend time in prayer to build a relationship with Jesus. It's so important for us to spend time in prayer. And that doesn't mean just saying there and giving petition after petition after petition. No, prayer is a two-way communication. It is delighting and enjoying God's presence. And so to develop that life of prayer is so important. Uh, Jasmine read for us from the Gospel of John in chapter 15 about abiding in the vine. And in this verse, John 15 and verse 4, it says, remain in me and I will remain in you. These words remain in me are, re are repeated numerous times in John chapter 15. And the key part of this passage, the key thing is remain in me, abide in me, dwell with me, stay with me, be with me. It's so important, friends, to be with Jesus. It is so critical. In John 15, it says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. The Holy Spirit pours out his love upon us. The Holy Spirit th uh, uh, fills us with the love of God. Remain in the love of God. Abide in the love of God. Dwell in the love of God. Be in the love of God. Sometimes we have this idea that being in prayer or being in the presence of God is just for Sunday morning. I want to tell you, friends, there is no sacred secular divide. There is no divide that says, okay, on Sunday morning, I can, I can feel God's presence and know he's with me. But then the rest of the rest of the week, that's foreign to me. 
There's a, a book written by uh, a person named Brother Lawrence. It was actually letters that was compiled into a book, and it's called The Practice of the Presence of God. And Brother Lawrence, he was just a dishwasher. He spent most of his time in the kitchen. But look at what he says here. I want to read you this quote. He says in, in his letters, the time of business does not with me differ from the time of prayer. Both are the same. There was no sacred secular divide for Brother Lawrence. For Brother Lawrence, it was, okay, now let's pray and let's be in God's presence. And then later on, let's go to work and do that other stuff. And prayer is going to be something distinct. No, there was no divide. There was no separation that was there. And in the noise and clatter of my kitchen, while several persons are at the same time calling for different things, I possess God in as great tranquility as if I were upon my knees before the blessed sacrament. The blessed sacrament referring to communion, which we're going to partake of today as well. What Brother Lawrence is saying here, inasmuch as I'm here before the presence of God, maybe in a Sunday worship and we're partaking of Holy Communion and I feel God's presence, we're singing this wonderful song, we're worshiping the Lord and God is here with me. I feel that same thing when in the clatter of my kitchen and people are yelling and calling me, Brother Lawrence, can you pass me the meatloaf? Brother Lawrence, can you send out, you know, the salad? And all the pots and pans are clanging. In that same instant, he still feels the beautiful presence of God. Is that possible? Is that a sacred secular divide? Not at all. Not at all. But this is what God calls us if we are to be disciples. If we are to be disciples. I love the way that uh, John Mark Comer says it. He says it like this. He says, if you want to experience the life of Jesus... You have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. If you want to experience the life of Jesus, you have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. So many times we can say, oh, I want to be able to feel God's presence. I want to be able to delight in prayer. What are we doing towards that end? Does it change just all of a sudden in one day? Is that possible? Can, can that happen just day and night? Maybe we say, oh, I want, to, I want to be able to hear God's voice, and I want to be able to delight in the scriptures. I want to be able to know what the will of God is for my life. Okay, tell me right now. But we haven't disciplined our lives in the way of Jesus. We haven't apprenticed ourselves to the master. Then how is that supposed to happen? I'll give you an example. How many here enjoy Jim's piano playing? Anyone here? We have a lot of good piano players, right? But guess what? I can play like Jim. You ready? All right. Tim, I love your piano playing. I'm going to play like you because I just love Jim's piano playing. It's just so great. All right, here goes. Ready? Okay. Did that sound like Jim? I know, right? I got a long way to go to be a piano player like Jim. If I want to experience the piano playing skills of Jim, then I need to adopt the lifestyle of a piano player like Jim. Does that make sense? There's so many times when I say, oh, I want to be like this athlete who, who you know, he's racing in the Olympics. Yeah, but you want to put in all the other work that goes to get up at 5 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning and do all the training and do all of those things? 
We can say, oh, I'd love to play like Jim, but are you going to spend the number of hours, hours, hours that he spends in learning and the years that he has in learning? If we want the life of Jesus, we have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. We have to be his apprentices, being with him, learning of him, doing what he did. Friends, that's what we need to do. It's not just going to change tomorrow. It needs, to, it needs to be built in our life day by day, week by week, precept upon precept, law upon law, grace upon grace. That's, how, that's the way of Jesus. That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Number three, spend time with a community of disciples because we see and learn about Jesus from others or in others. As I mentioned before, this be a disciple, grow, uh, grow as a disciple, make disciples is about doing it in community. It's so important for us to live in community. Look what Paul says. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. As we are around a community of disciples, we learn from one another. We're able to grow together. Uh, in the book of Hebrews, it's written like this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. When you're in a life group, when you're in a community of faith, you are motivated together to acts of love and kindness. When you're in a life group and you're in a community, you grow together. There's transparency. There's authenticity. There's sharing. There's vulnerability that's there. There's help and support for one another. And let us not neglect our meeting together. That's not just talking about Sunday morning. That's talking about gathering together as a community of faith whether it's during the week or whatever the time it is, gathering together to support one another, to walk together with one another, to be disciples, to grow as disciples, and to make disciples together in community is so important. It's so critical in our walk with the Lord. In the early church, this is what they did. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. And to prayer, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. This is what the early church did. It wasn't about, I'm going to just go to myself, I'm just going to pray on my own, and that's good. I'm just going to read my Bible on my own, and I'll learn everything there, there needs to be. No, it's done in community. It's done together. The, the spiritual disciplines, which we'll talk a little bit about next week, those things are done together in community. That's why we're doing this prayer practice uh, on Tuesday nights, because we're going to do this together in, in community. And the last thing, yield to the Spirit of God, who reveals Jesus to us. If we want to be with Jesus, if we want to spend time with him, we have to yield to the Spirit of God. Jesus told his disciples, it's important for me that I go away, because if I go, I will Send the comforter. I will send an advocate. I will send the Holy Spirit to be with you. And that Holy Spirit is going to teach you of me. This is what he says here in John chapter 14. I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate, another comforter, the Holy Spirit. He'll never leave you. He'll lead you into all truth. Friends, if we are to be with Jesus, it is yielding to the Spirit of God. It is yielding to allow the Spirit of God to work in us more than our own desires and in our own flesh. Jesus told uh, the disciples, if anyone will be my disciple, if anyone will follow after me, if anyone will apprentice with me, they must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. There, there's a denying of our own self-will, of our own fleshly nature, of our own carnal nature, in order to do the will of God. 
So all of us who have had the veil removed, this is talking about transformation here, and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. This is a work of transformation that's done by the Spirit of God as we yield and surrender to his Spirit working in us. In Galatians, Paul says it like this. He talks about dying to our our, our fleshly carnal nature and yielding to the Holy Spirit. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Our sinful nature craves something that's comfortable and something that's easy. Not take up your cross and follow me. That's not our sinful nature. That's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. To to be with Jesus, to to grow uh, and become like him and to make disciples, all of that takes the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's yield to the Spirit of God because what happens as we yield to the Spirit of God? Well, a a few verses later in Galatians, Paul says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. He produces this fruit and he changes us. He transforms us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As we yield to the spirit of God, we understand the beauty of Jesus. After Jesus died and he rose again, the disciples went out and they started to preach. They were with Jesus for three and a half years. They learned of him. They apprenticed with him. They understood what it was to be a follower of Jesus. They saw the beauty of Jesus. They saw the character of Jesus. They saw the lifestyle of Jesus. They adopted the lifestyle of Jesus because they wanted the life of Jesus. And then after he rose again, All of these things, so many different things started to happen. Miracles and signs and wonders and people coming to become disciples of Jesus. And after all of those things were happening, they were, some of the disciples were called into the religious people, the chief priests and the Pharisees. And look at what it says about them. The members of the council, the religious people, they were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were what? Ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They were just regular people like you and me. No special training, no nothing unique about us, right? They were, they were, there was something about these disciples. That Jesus didn't come and call the religious people of the day. Jesus didn't come and call the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the, the people that knew so much of the Old Testament scripture. He didn't call those people, but he called fishermen. He called publicans. He called sinners. He called people to himself because it wasn't about their background. It was all about one thing, and that was being with Jesus. Because what did they note? They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. I wonder if people were to look at our lives, if they would say the same thing. Would they? Would somebody look at Daniel and say, well, look at Daniel. He's been with Jesus and we can see that. Look at, look at Keisha. She's been with Jesus and we can see that, right? Look at Dave. He's been with Jesus and we can see that. Look at Margaret. She's been with Jesus, and we can see that. Can I leave you with a question? Here's my question. How much time do you spend with Jesus? I can desire all I want to play the piano like Jim, but if I don't spend any time practicing, it's wishful thinking for me. 
I can say all I want that I want to be like Jesus and imbibe his character and, and be a follower of him, be a, an apprentice of him. I can say all I want that I want to, to be kind and loving like Jesus. I want my life and my family and my church to be transformed to be like Jesus. But if we don't do anything towards that end, are we apprentices of Jesus? Are we followers of Jesus? How much time, we live in such a fast-paced world and a fast-paced society that our time is being called upon in so many different things. We're asked to do this and that and the other. Our cell phone is with us and we get this notification and that notification and there's this streaming thing and that streaming thing and there's so many things that take up our time and we'll watch, we'll watch a, a one-hour episode of a television show but spend maybe just two minutes with Jesus even if that. I'll say one thing as we close. We will apprentice to something. We are all apprentices to something. The question is, what are you an apprentice of? Are you an apprentice of the systems and the ways of this world? Is the, is the things of this world teaching you to follow after its systems and its ways? Or are you an apprentice of Jesus to follow the ways of Jesus? I'm going to invite John and Sarah to come forward. We're going to partake of the Lord's table. There was a time when Jesus was teaching and he told the disciples, unless you, not just the 12, but there was a bunch of people that were following Jesus. And as these bunch of people are following Jesus, he told them, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no life in you. And what happened? Some of those people said, this is too hard. This is too difficult. I can't do this. And they left following Jesus. They decided, I can't apprentice with Jesus anymore. I can't follow Jesus anymore. I can't be a disciple of Jesus anymore because what he's asking is too difficult and too hard. Friends, today as we partake of this bread and as we partake of this juice, we remember what Jesus did for us. And what are we saying to Jesus? By partaking of this bread and partaking of this juice, we are saying, Jesus, I want to be your apprentice. I want to eat of your flesh I want to drink of your blood and I want to follow in your ways. And that can be tough. But can you join me in this journey through this discipleship series? I'm trying to do a, a, a reset in my life and just go back to the basics of being an apprentice of Jesus. To be like him, to, sorry, to, to be with him, to become like him, and to do what he did.